0: Live from the Polymarket Studio in LA. It's, watching, it's, watching. it's the Young Turks.
1: Woo! It's up!
0: From The Young Turks, Jane Tugger and Kasparian, with you guys. We have a lot of controversy on the show. Some serious, some lighter. A lot of people taking offense at John Stewart. He's apparently said numbers, and we're now against numbers.
2: Not funny, John.
0: Yeah, John. Okay, stop stating facts. Not funny.
2: People love to hear Pretty Little Lies, man. They love it. They yeah. tune into the news, or in this case, political comedy. And they just want to be told what they want to hear.
0: Yeah. And John, we like our gaslighting, okay? It's nice for the streets. You can see better. Is okay. yeah, now you're making everybody stop their gaslighting? Oh boo.
2: Why why do Americans have this addiction to gaslighting, Jenk? Why do they love it so much? Well,
0: look, it's for the reason you said, in all seriousness, people love to hear uh, lies that they wanna hear that are comforting, right? It's kind of in our nature and we all do to some extent for sure, right? Not me. Oh Yeah, no, not me either. (laughs) That's why I always look up at myself uh, instead of down at myself, because I like to see the raw truth about my weight. Oh No, right, I always take the picture this way. Uh, So we all tell little lies, etc, except some lies bigger than others. Anyways, we'll get to that a little bit later in the show.
2: Well, speaking of lies, why don't we get to Israel, where uh, there was a fascinating interview on Channel 4 in the UK. Let's get right to it.
1: There were huge consequences as a result of your naming of people who worked for UNRWA. What the world has not seen is the accompanying evidence. I just want to know, is there accompanying evidence? Is there anything beyond those names and have you shared it with the United Nations investigation that is going on? Because there is millions of pounds of aid that is resting on those claims and hundreds of thousands of lives dependent on it.
2: Israeli spokesperson Elon Levy was asked some pretty tough questions while appearing on Channel 4 News in the UK. Krishnan Guru Murthy decided to ask him about Israel's unfounded claims in regard to UNRWA, the UN humanitarian group that provides sustenance and other humanitarian aid to Palestinians in the Gaza Strip. As some of you may already know, Israel had claimed that members of the group were involved with Hamas or were supporters of Hamas. And immediately without questioning the allegations, without a formal investigation being launched, 14 different countries decided to pull aid from UNRWA, which has had just devastating consequences for the Palestinian people in Gaza. Now before we get to Levy's absurd and defensive response, here is more of a refresher on this entire situation. Israel had claimed that as much as 10% of staff are Hamas supporters and wants the organization to be disbanded. It has accused a dozen of the agency's 13,000 staff in Gaza of taking part in Hamas's October 7th attacks in Israel that killed 1200 people. Now, there are specific allegations, including that one employee is allegedly guilty of kidnapping a woman on October 7th. Another is said to have distributed ammunition, while another employee is described as participating in a kibbutz massacre in which 97 people were killed. Now, those are serious allegations, and if true, there should absolutely be consequences. But now the funding has been completely ripped away from UNRWA based on these claims that Israel has failed to provide any receipts of. And it is having a negative reaction or a negative impact on UNRWA because they need that funding in order to provide the humanitarian aid to Palestinians. Felipe Lazzarini, UNRWA's commissioner general said an Israeli official told him the names of the accused staff members and the allegations they were facing. He said the official read from a large dossier, but the agency had not been provided a copy. And those accusations had major ramifications. As I mentioned earlier, the allegations still unproven have prompted US and 14 other donors to suspend about $440 million in funding to the agency and brought into intense scrutiny of its work at a time when it is providing vital aid to nearly 2 million Palestinians in the besieged Gaza Strip. Now Channel 4 also did a pretty incredible investigation because they obtained that very Israeli dossier to see if there was any evidence presented by Israel to reinforce the claims that they're making about the individuals working at UNRWA. And well, I'll let the video speak for itself.
3: The document repeats an allegation the Israel Defence Force has made many times that the Hamas terrorist organisation has been methodically and deliberately in placing its terrorist infrastructure in a wide range of UN facilities and assets, but provides no evidence to support its explosive new claim that UNRWA staff were involved in the terror attacks on Israel, just stating... From intelligence information, documents, and identity cards seized during the course of the fighting, it is now possible to flag around 190 Hamas and Palestinian Islamic Jihad terrorist operatives who serve as UNRWA employees. More than 10 UNRWA staffers took part in the events of the 7th of October. Israel gave the document to donors just after the International Court of Justice in The Hague made an interim ruling on a charge of genocide against Israel.
4: That Israel must take immediate and effective measures to enable the provision of urgently needed basic services and humanitarian assistance.
2: So that was the dossier that the United States referenced as a justification for pulling aid out of UNRWA because that dossier was supposed to include evidence. But as Channel 4 News found out by obtaining that dossier, it did not provide any evidence. And they also learned that Israel actually already vetted all of the people that were working for UNRWA out of the Gaza Strip that they are now claiming are terrorists. So what happened, what happened after that vetting? Why were they approved? And now these allegations are being made without any evidence. Now, before we get to levy being asked these difficult questions on Channel 4, I wanted to kind of weigh in, have you weigh in Jenk, on what yeah. you've heard so far.
0: So um, when there was a dispute over a hospital bombing early on in the massive bombing that Israel has done in Gaza, there was lack of clarity on who had done that. Uh, bombing And uh, every media organization was made to withdraw their original reports that said that it uh, might have been the IDF. And it became a giant national story for several weeks. You must retract, you must retract based on not sure, okay? Now I see no calls for retraction other than what we're saying. Mm-hmm. So this is a much bigger deal. This is a massive piece of propaganda. And media organizations, you didn't notice that the Israeli right wing, including Netanyahu has been against UNRWA for decades, you didn't know that. So you, you didn't notice that the IDF has done ridiculous propaganda over and over in this conflict. You didn't notice that they put it out on the same day as the International Criminal Court of Justice was set to rule against Israel. And that didn't make you think, hmm, I wonder if this is propaganda. No, you guys all just blasted it out like they were guilty already. How, and are you retracting now? No. Or has anyone retracted a story about this? One of the most obvious pieces of propaganda we have ever seen. No, the that UN organization is, they already lost the funding. This is exactly, it's a perfect hit job. They just assassinated that group as they have with reporters and anyone else trying to do right and, and just things inside Gaza. And, and US, UK, Germany, etc. Those 14 countries actively participated in that assassination. And now the Palestinians want even get food or clinical treatment for their injuries, etc. And, and why? Because Israel wants to starve them, kill them, force them into desperate situations. And then pressure Egypt to open the gates and push them into the desert.
2: I mean, look at what they're doing right now in Rafa as we speak. So they pushed and displaced all of these Palestinians in the Gaza Strip, displaced 1.5 million of them to Rafah, which is near the border with Egypt, and now they're doing aerial bombardments, raids, and shelling in Rafah, where all the Palestinians are are cooped up. I mean, come on. I, I just all right, anyway. So they want to deny humanitarian aid to these individuals. They want to basically gather them up into one small pocket of the Gaza Strip and then proceed to bomb the crap out of that portion of the Gaza Strip. I don't know, Cenk, I don't know what to call it. Apparently, it's super offensive to call it a genocide, but it looks like a genocide to me.
0: No, I don't but care, <laughs> I, who cares who's offended by it?
2: And by the way, the let same me just people- say, when genocides are taking place, The countries who were carrying out the genocide denied the genocide. In fact, they proceed to deny the genocide even centuries after the genocide took place. That's how genocides work.
0: I don't, look, I don't (laughs) know if you guys know this, and I know this is a forbidden topic, and you're not allowed to talk about it the Turkish perspective on the Armenian genocide. Uh, but apparently, you're also not allowed to talk about the Palestinian perspective. So one side does it, you're not allowed to. They're not allowed to say. And the other side suffers it, and they're not allowed to talk about it. Isn't that weird? Anyway, the Turkish perspective is that they are deeply, deeply offended at the idea that it's a genocide. Now, the reason I bring that up is, do you care? Why should anyone care? I, every Turk I know is there's nothing you could do to offend them more than to say what happened to the Armenians was a genocide. So what, why do we care about offending the Turks? It was it or wasn't it? And when it comes to the Turks, no one in fact cares. Of course, you could offend Turks all day long. Everybody's super happy to do that, right? But we can't offend Israelis. I know everything is different on Israel. But but, all right, anyway, so so this is insanity. But let this the liar who represents them spout off here. And you'll see he has nothing.
2: Just want to make one note about the US government because it has been consistent on one thing.
0: Which is give Israel everything, back them on everything, never ever question them and say, what else do you need, sir? Please, sir, I'm begging you, sir. What more can I give you from American taxpayers?
2: Well, that is true. But what I was thinking about is their history of genocide denial. (laughs) Well, that's also true, right. Anyway, so with that, because the United States until very recently also refused to acknowledge the Armenian Genocide. Or
0: by the way, the genocide we did against Native Americans. So are we allowed to say that or no, some right wingers are offended by that. So we're now no longer allowed to mention the Trail of Tears or any of the other genocides we did. Because apparently we're measuring based on whether people are offended and, and of course whether they're powerful or not.
2: Now back to UNRWA the lack of evidence to back up Israel's claims that members of UNRWA are involved with Hamas. And how Elon Levy, a spokesperson for the Israeli government, is handling questions about this very issue. Let's watch.
5: When we said that UNRWA's at least 13 UNRWA staff members, and that's apart from the thousands of UNRWA graduates, but the thirteen onerous staff members were directly involved in the October seventh massacre. That was the tip of the iceberg. Yeah, do you have any of evidence the complicity for that? That's and my question. of the collusion? Because course, you have because this was all collected because this was all collected on the basis of intelligence that Where's has been shared with our allies. Intelligence that has been shared with our allies. When not was going it to shared with Britain?
1: Because Britain claimed it didn't know.
5: I can't speak to the specific intelligence that has been shared with individual Western partners, but that evidence is out there, it is clear.
2: So the evidence he's referring to that's been shared with Israel's allies is that very dossier that Channel 4 News got its hands on and figured out had absolutely no evidence backing up Israel's claims. And when Levy was basically pressured further, he said, listen, it's just that the UN can't be trusted. Let's watch.
1: Is there direct evidence about those 13 names, where is it? Have you passed it to the UN investigation or not?
5: We do not trust the UN investigation that is taking place. So there is no evidence that you have placed in front of anybody in the United Nations which has been covering up the Hamas presence, literally 20 meters underneath the UN headquarters in Gaza, cannot be trusted to conduct any sort of okay. internal review. Have you given the evidence the is part to the, the US problem. or
1: British governments?
5: I'm not personally aware of what material may have been passed on between our intelligence agencies.
2: Well, that was a fascinating final answer he gave considering he's so sure, he's so certain that there's evidence that's been shared with Israel's allies. He's just uncertain of which documents and what kind of evidence was shared with them, maybe because the evidence doesn't exist. And by the way, if it does exist, I'm happy to say I'm wrong. It's just that we haven't seen it and it doesn't exist in that dossier that Israel gave to its allies to confirm that members of UNRWA are part of Hamas, or at least conspiring alongside Hamas.
0: Yeah. Um, no, I I won't uh, apologize if there's evidence later. They provided no evidence. If later they come up with evidence, then we'll say, oh, later they came up with evidence. Mm-hmm. But right now they have provided none, zero. They've been asked now a number of times. We've seen uh, news organizations have seen the dossier itself. By the way, Financial Times also saying that there is no evidence in the dossier. They mentioned that oh, there was. They track smartphones, they're like, but smartphones to who and why and how and when and how does that prove anything? It, it, it's just they mentioned smartphones and for America, they're like good enough. Yeah, smartphones, there were smartphones in Gaza. That means that UNRWA is guilty. And and again, every news organization that has looked at it, it said no evidence, none. 14 countries immediately pulled aid based on no evidence at all because Israel said so.
2: I mean, is it really that big of a deal though, Jenk? We're talking about millions of people in besieged Gaza starving to death. Is that such a big deal? Well, and by the way, the US is like, you know, we've got, um, the United States and Britain have indicated they, they will not resume support until the UN's internal investigation into the allegations end. And that's not supposed to happen until late March. So what is supposed to happen between now and late March? Considering that UNRWA does not have the funds necessary to provide the critical (laughs) humanitarian aid that civilians in Gaza need to survive. And besides which, if this investigation is being carried out by the UN and Israel declares that it does not trust the UN, what happens then?
0: I mean, but that's like, think about what Anna is saying. The guy just told you, yeah, oh yeah, trust us, there's plenty of evidence. and, And we turned it in, but we won't give it to the UN. So who would you turn it into? Oh, we turn it into other people who always do exactly as we order them, like American government, UK government, etc. So you guys did a big circle jerk where you said, "Yeah, yeah, let's all lie together." Yep. But we won't even show the people we're charging the, this and that that are involved in this. And by the way, it doesn't matter. They've already news organizations have already seen. It. I'm going to read you one last thing here from Financial Times: the intelligence assessment, which has which was has been seen by the Financial Times provides no evidence for the claims, none, zero. So hey, US media organizations, well, right now I'm declaring Young Turks the most accurate news organization in America, period. Because we're the only ones who have told you the truth about this story that has been confirmed by international news organizations. Right now, as things stand, every single other media organization in America has not retracted this horrific piece of propaganda that it might cost thousands of lives, who's in charge? And are you guys actually doing news? Make up your mind, are you doing propaganda or are you doing news? Cuz real news agencies don't print propaganda like this.
2: To just briefly reset to give you a little bit of an update on what's happening in Rafah because again m- most of the displaced Palestinians are in Rafah and now they're dealing with uh, Israel's aerial bombardments and a lot of people are dying as a result Israel's assault on Rafah which is close to the border uh, with Egypt has um, unfortunately led to a lot of pain, suffering and deaths. And it's because of the fact that so many Palestinians have been displaced in the Gaza Strip to the south of Gaza. In Rafah. That's where they were told to go for safety. If you see some of the footage on the ground in Rafa, you'll notice that there are large tent encampments. People are living in squalor. They're just sleeping outdoors with absolutely no cover. It is a disastrous situation to say the least. But the whole reason why Palestinians left their homes is because they thought that they might be safe if they actually listen to the evacuation orders and they go to Rafa. Well, now Israel has decided to conduct raids and aerial bombardments and military operations in Rafah, where you have literally millions of people in a tiny, tiny, tiny area of land. I'm talking about the size of the Los Angeles airport LAX. So with that in mind, Israel has continued its bombardment of the border city and is planning a ground offensive soon. At least 12 members of the same family, including two toddlers and five women were killed in an attack on a residential building in central Gaza early Monday. And that's according to Al-Aqsa Hospital with another 40 people injured. Over 100 people have been killed in total just over the past few days in Rafa alone. Now, Channel 4 News was speaking to an Israeli spokesperson by the name of Elon Levy, and they wanted to see what he thought about all of this. They pressed him on where civilians in Rafah are supposed to go. And once again, based on what we've heard in other interviews, he answers with nonsense, let's watch.
5: After the October 7 massacre, we are proceeding with the destruction of Hamas's military machine. And that we urge civilians to get out of the way because we don't want them to be hurt. Where Hamas should they go? Hamas has two strategies. Well, there are areas north of Rafah where we have already cleared the areas of Hamas. And we want to see civilians going to areas where Hamas is not operating. So that are you why now we are saying that warning. everywhere
1: north of Rafah is now safe and that there will not be Israeli bombardment if people move into those are areas? Unfortunately, until
5: Gaza is no longer governed by an internationally proscribed terrorist organisation that is deliberately trying to hide behind civilians, Gaza will not be safe. So there is we nowhere for people to, make to go. The I mean, safe. that's what
1: David Cameron said today. There is literally nowhere for them to go, and he is right in saying that, isn't he? No.
2: He literally just said that no part of Gaza is safe because of Hamas, and because of Hamas. The IDF has no choice but to drop bombs on residential infrastructure, knowing that they're gonna kill oftentimes dozens of people in a single airstrike. Okay, so what do we talk, then just tell the truth. Tell the truth and then don't renege after you've admitted that there's no safe part of Gaza for Palestinians to go. And by the way, oh, we have cleared the north of Rafa, of Hamas. You've also cleared the north of any and all infrastructure, okay? Hospitals bombed, mosques bombed, refugee camps bombed. Where are they supposed to go? How are they supposed to survive in that kind of environment? They're not supposed to survive in that kind of environment. I don't know, I just feel like that might be the point.
0: Well, look guys, you guys have seen the pictures and videos. I keep saying we all have eyes and we all have ears. Northern Gaza is obliterated. It doesn't even exist anymore. So get a load of this guy. He says, all right, we told you now if you're in the north of Gaza, you got to move to the south. Well, if you're in the south, you got to move further south to Rafa. Okay, so you bomb the north then you bomb the south. Now you're bombing Rafa. Now what's his answer? Go back up north. And okay, are you going to stop bombing them if they move up north? No. (laughs) Then what's the point? And, And by the way, there's nothing left in the north. You guys destroyed everything. And whatever didn't uh, wasn't destroyed by your indiscriminate bombing campaigns was then blown up on purpose on the ground by you, schools, colleges, uh, mosques. Uh, anything uh, that could actually help Palestinians leave a decent life uh, or just a life period. And you blow them all up and now you're like spitting in their face. And you think, oh well, these suckers in the West will believe anything. We'll tell them they're the bad guys. We kill twenty-five times the number of civilians, but don't worry, we're angels, and they're the bad guys. And that's why we had to murder all those guys. I mean, they seem to be children, but but you know, children later are going to grow up to be evil Palestinians. You see how they hate us? They hate us, and that's why we had to murder all of them, or a lot of them, over one percent of them. Now, five hundred thousand people are starving to death. Uh, But we're the
2: good guys,
0: no, no, not even close.
2: Speaking of starving to death, humanitarian aid organizations have said that it is near impossible to access Palestinians who have remained in the north of the Gaza Strip. And they're trying to get much needed water, food to these individuals and they can't access them. So think about what that means for the Palestinians who are currently in Rafah, who are now going to be pressured and forced to go back to the north, where it's going to be even more difficult to get them the humanitarian aid they need to survive. And by the way, earlier this week, there were multiple reports about how the Biden administration was wagging its finger at the Israeli government ahead of its ground invasion into Rafah, to say that if they don't take measures to protect civilians, well, there will be consequences, right? Well, get a load of this, this is Politico reporting, this just broke. The Biden administration won't punish Israel for Rafa military operation that doesn't protect civilians. Three US officials told us no reprimand plans are in the works, meaning Israeli forces could harm civilians in the city with no American consequences.
0: No, to be fair, there'll be consequences. We'll send them another $14 billion so they can murder more Palestinians while playing these sick, sick games, games where they go, "No, we ethnically cleanse them to the south, but then later we ethnically cleanse them to the north. And then so when they were completely destroyed and humiliated and demeaned and killed and starved, we told them, "Why don't you get out of here and let us just keep the land, huh? Why don't some one of the other stupid Arab countries take them? Who cares you're all Arabs anyway? You see how they hate us? You shouldn't exist anyway. You see how they say that we shouldn't exist. You know, I can't believe they hide behind human shields. It, it, look at that, and then they force us to kill their civilians. We didn't want to do it, but we. Well, I guess we had to kill their civilians. They kill our civilians. Terrorists. Okay. All right. So, if killing civilians is an act of terrorism, then by definition, and you can get offended all you like, but it is. Definitional. Israel is 25 times the terrorist Hamas is. And much more to come because the terrorists that run the American government said, Oh, you love to kill civilians? No checks on you at all. Joe Biden says, Green light, murder away. But I'm such a sweet, empathetic man, Oh God, I'm such a lovable old grandpa. Murder the Palestinians, I don't care, did the donor checks clear? Defense contractors good, APAC good, oil companies good. Yeah, murder the Palestinians, because I'm so sweet and empathetic. No, these are monsters who run these western governments.
2: All right, we got to take a break. When we come back, we've got more news for you, including, well, some coverage on a shooting that took place at a church in Texas yesterday. We'll talk a little bit about who the would be gunwoman was, was and what the potential motives were when we come back.
0: All right, back on TYT, Cenk, Anna, and a number of American heroes, Greg Williams and Art Vandelay, uh already funny name, uh, just joined and became Young Turks. Dami, Mommy Matrix uh, gave him a, me- a membership on YouTube, and the Progressive Moose gifted five memberships on YouTube. You guys uh, make this show possible. We can't do the coverage that we're doing here anywhere else, because we'd be tied to advertisers, we'd be tied to corporate interests, etc. Instead, we're tied to you guys. So you got to keep it going if you want us to stay on air to, to do this kind of stuff. So tyt.com slash join where Anna Neal and John Corwell also chipped in and, and we love and appreciate them. Anna.
2: Well, there was another attempted mass shooting in Texas and I wanted to get into the details. There was some shaky reporting yesterday, but we have a little more clarity today. Let's get to it.
4: Investigators are painting a troubling picture of the woman they say opened fire. Houston police identifying the deceased shooter as 36-year-old Genesee Yvonne Moreno. Telling NBC News she was carrying an AR-15 with the word Palestine written on it. A search of Moreno's home yielding ingredients to make explosives and written material with a very clear message. We do have some anti-Semitic writings that we have uncovered during this process.
2: She also has a long history with schizophrenia and according to her mother-in-law, stop taking her medication, which could have been a huge part of the reason why she decided to attempt to open fire at the Lakewood Church in Texas. Now two off duty police officers luckily shot and killed the woman who wasn't able to cause much damage prior to that happening. She was killed, we don't know exactly how her son who was with her got shot, whether it was from her firing her weapon or the off-duty police officers who fired back at her at self-defense, as self-defense. But luckily, she was the only fatality in this terrifying incident. Her seven-year-old son was shot in the head, but is still clinging on to life. He's in critical condition in the hospital. Now, one other 57 year old man was shot in the leg, but was released from the hospital and is expected to make a full recovery. Now, let's get to the details on who Moreno is and what the possible motives could be for this shooting. So the woman identified in a search warrant as Genesee Yvonne Moreno, 36 years old entered the church shortly before 2 p.m. wearing a trench coat and backpack and opened fire Houston Police Chief Troy Finer or Finner said once she entered at some point she began to fire the chief said one federal law enforcement source told CNN that she fired around 30 rounds which is a lot and considering we're talking about a mega church here. This is Joel Osteen's church. Um, We're very lucky that no one else uh, got hurt, no one else died. Uh, Two off duty officers were present, a 28 year old Houston Police Department officer and a 38 year old agent with the Texas Alcoholic Beverage Commission. Both with less than five years of service. The two officers engaged the shooter and she was struck. The police chief said she was pronounced dead at 2 07 PM local time. Now, the gunfire unfolded while the church was in between services. So they have an English service and then they take a break and do the Spanish service or service for Spanish speakers, I should say. When uh, police searched uh, her person, her vehicle and her home. Of course, they found some other weapons. Police say the shooter used a legally purchased AR-15 with a Palestine sticker on it. At first it was reported that Palestine was written on the gun, uh, but now it's being reported as a sticker. She also had a 22 caliber weapon in uh, her bag, which she did not use during the attack. Uh, Moreno also threatened that she had a bomb, but authorities searched her car and her backpack and found no explosives. Uh, The guns were, again, legally purchased, even though Moreno has a criminal history and a history with severe mental illness. Here's some more details on that.
4: Law enforcement records show Moreno had at least six prior arrests since 2005, including weapons charges. In 2016, authorities also placed Moreno under an emergency detention order. She does have a mental health history that is documented. Police say a dispute with her ex-husband's family, some of whom are Jewish, may also be related to the shooting.
2: So, look, while authorities haven't specified what the motive is, they have hinted that a possibility is the issues that she was having with her in-laws, her Husband, who she shared the son with, uh, had engaged in a pretty fierce custody battle with her. He's a registered sex offender. There's all sorts of issues there, let's just put it that way. Again, we don't know for sure what motivated um, her attempt at a mass shooting. But in 2022, she had her divorce proceeding transferred to county court, according to an attorney who represented her. Moreno was also arrested on a weapons charge, a misdemeanor which was cleared with two days time served in the Fort Bend County Jail. She was also previously arrested for a forgery charge, assault, drug possession. So again, she's got a history, including with mental illness. Her mother-in-law says that she was suffering from severe schizophrenia.
0: Yeah, so look, there's a common theme here, of course. So let's get that out of the way, guns. It would no matter where the shootings uh, is, where the shooter is from, what their motivation is, and uh, are they uh, a little crazy? Yeah, they're all at least a little crazy. They're going into public places and shooting indiscriminately. Yes, so no matter right wing, left wing, Christian, Jewish, uh, Muslim, whatever it might be, yeah, they're a little nuts. But in every other country, they don't have access to the kind of weapons we give them willy nilly here in America. We just, oh, you're nuts and you've shown that you're violent before. Here's a gun, do anything you like with it. Here's a giant weapon, killer than anyone you like with it. So let me, now do the American people actually want this? No, even gun owners want some legislation that could help a little bit like universal background checks and red flag laws. And both of those are very, very popular, but nope gun manufacturers bribe Republican politicians through campaign contributions. And they say ignore even your own voters, I'll give you some sense of the numbers here. Uh, An overwhelming 84% of respondents said they would support preventing sales of all firearms to people who have been reported as dangerous to law enforcement by a mental health provider. That's it, she's in that group, 84% say don't let her have a weapon. Everyone, almost every state, and certainly at the national level, no one's passed any laws. Yeah, here, have a weapon, who cares? And because the more you kill, the more people will get scared. They'll buy even more guns. So the gun manufacturers who give the money to the NRA and the NRA gives it the politicians, they're making a, if you will, they're making a killing and they are and they don't mind the deaths at all. Every time there's a shooting like this, they think, cha-ching, more money. And here, grubby little Republican politicians, here's a little bit of crumbs off our table, go do as you're told. More deaths for Americans. Now, among NRA members, 69% support comprehensive background checks. What happened? I thought gun owners didn't want it. Turns out gun owners do want it. Yeah. They do want it. But nope, you can't get it because of our grubby, corrupt, vile pig face politicians. 78% of gun owners who are not NRA members support required background checks for all firearm purchases. But you're not gonna get them because we don't live in a democracy. The shootings are never going to stop. And every time we'll have a nonsense conversation about, "Oh my God, what motivated them? And was it the religious or was it a political or was it a relationship? No, it was the guns and we give them to everyone.
2: I mean, look, we, we don't have enough restrictions when it comes to people who have a history of criminality and a history of severe mental health issues. She's. She's been diagnosed with schizophrenia, refused to take her medication. We know that, look, it is a tragic mental illness. It is awful and I feel so terrible for anyone who has it. But they start seeing things, they, they start imagining things. I, a person like that should not be in possession of a firearm. And the fact that she was able to legally purchase these firearms is a problem. Yes, we do have a crisis when it comes to mental health. We should definitely do something about that. I'm an advocate for that. I wish the Republican lawmakers who immediately go to the issue of mental health whenever there's a mass shooting were serious about funding mental health initiatives to deal with this situation appropriately. But that still wouldn't be enough because you would still need someone with schizophrenia to continue getting the treatment and medication she needs to function properly in order to justify her having a gun. And you just can't justify her having a gun. She was threatening her own neighbors. So yesterday, six of her neighbors came out and did a press conference to talk about how on multiple occasions, they reached out to the authorities because she was threatening them with firearms. So I want to give you a few examples. One of the women, Heather, who gave only her first name out of fear of retaliation, said she made a complaint against Moreno, alleging she threatened her with a handgun on July 4th of 2022. Moreno had screamed expletives at her when she was watering her lawn early that morning. Heather said she walked to Moreno's home and that the woman pointed a handgun at her from behind the trunk of her car. She said Conroe police, that's the neighborhood that they lived in, documented the incident as a threat. We're being told, see something, say something. Well, we're seeing stuff and we're saying stuff and Conroe PD is not helping us. I don't wanna bash them, but help us, please. Well, you have to talk to your state lawmakers and ask why state lawmakers are refusing to pass legislation that would implement red flag laws that would prevent someone like Moreno from being able to legally access a firearm.
0: So she's done this on multiple occasions and she has physically hit other uh, neighbors who are walking in the neighborhood, and sometimes with their kids. So the minute she pointed the handgun at someone, boom! I'm done with her. Let's go. Red flag. Look. Just what kind of look? Who's who's really got the mental health problems? I think the country has mental health problems. I think our politicians have mental health problems. I think our media has mental health problems. How do you not take guns away from someone who uh, points it at innocent people in the neighborhood and has a violent strain of schizophrenia? We must all be nuts, but we don't do anything about it. And it, look, I, we point out in every case, hey, w- when Republicans and Democrats do it. Hey, Democrats take the corporate donor money too, et cetera, not on this one. No, the Democrats used to take NRA money, they don't anymore. On this one, it is clean and simple. Republican politicians are crooks. They all take this blood money and they don't care about your lives. Like you see like how they, are funding the massacre of Palestinian children. And you think, oh wow, look at that, they don't care about Palestinians at all. No, brother, I got news for you, they don't care about you either. They think, oh, you're getting slaughtered in the streets. But yeah, but the gun sales are going up and that's giving me more campaign contributions. None of this will stop until we take money out of politics. Every crazy person in the country will have a gun. And at some point, a giant percentage of them will use it to kill us.
2: All right, we got to take a break. When we come back, we'll talk a little bit about the Senate wasting its time passing legislation that has no chance of passing in the House. And yes, we are talking about military aid to foreign countries that does not include border security. I'm just, it's a perfect example of how broken our political system is when we come back.
0: On TYT here, Cenk Ugar, Anna Kasparian, The Way of Life, Nathaniel and LaTanya Ford. All people who are helping to bring out honest news coverage in this country and we appreciate you. Rio Hand gifted five memberships on YouTube, that's amazing as well. Thank you so much guys and most importantly, don't forget tyt.com slash join. We'll take it as a pre Valentine's gift as anyone mentioned before. And by the way, if you give over 50 bucks or become an annual member at tyt.com slash join, We'll send you a small gift these days as well. All right, Anna.
2: All right, let's check in with Congress where the Senate is giving itself a nice pat on the back for passing some legislation.
1: Today we have witnessed one of the most historic and consequential bills to have ever passed the Senate. It's certainly been years, perhaps decades since the Senate passed a bill that so greatly impacts not just our national security not just the security of our allies, but the security of Western democracy.
2: Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer is very pleased with himself following the passage in the Senate of a $95 billion foreign aid package, historic he says it is. But is there any likelihood that it would pass in the house? And how exactly would this benefit Americans? Now with that said, it does in fact face a massive uphill battle in the house where Republican leadership has signaled that they will not support it. Because it doesn't include border security, which they are unwilling to pass because their daddy, their papa, Donald Trump told them not to. So he'd have something to run on for the general election. We'll get to that in a moment. But first, let's take a look at what the Senate passed today. If you take a look at how the funding is broken down, $60 billion would go to Ukraine, 14.1 billion would go to Israel. 9.2 billion would go to the humanitarian assistance bucket. And I'll tell you where that goes in just a moment. And then 4.8 billion goes to the Indo-Pacific region. I'm guessing that has more to do with mitigating the threat that China poses to Taiwan. But if you're wondering where the humanitarian aid goes, Gaza will get some humanitarian aid, so will the West Bank and Ukraine. So Ukraine gets both humanitarian aid and of course that 60 billion in military spending. Now, most of the money dedicated to Ukraine won't leave the US. Instead, tens of billions of dollars will fill Pentagon coffers to purchase new weapons from US companies to refill inventories that have been tapped to help Ukraine finance military operations and sign contracts for new weapons for Kyiv. So if you're wondering how conflict abroad allows for the redistribution of wealth in America from the bottom to the top, this is it right here. The weapons manufacturers, the private defense contractors, they gotta make their money. So we pay for that, okay? helping Ukraine, but in reality, the money eventually gets funneled to the defense contractors that, of course, bribe the politicians to support these kinds of conflicts abroad. Now, to be sure, I'm mostly in favor of def- helping Ukraine defend itself. I have a problem with the lack of accountability in regard to how those resources are used in Ukraine. There's about $40 million that we provided them that went missing, and it ended up in the bank accounts of some Political figures in Ukraine, and I have an issue with that. But let's move on to other things that happened in the Senate. The Senate vote was 70 to 29, with 22 Republicans voting in favor, including Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell, who made this dramatic statement following the passage of this legislation. History settles every account, and today on the value of American leadership and strength, history will record that the Senate did not blink, Oh please! what are we we doing? Like what is, I have never seen true grown men in the United States Senate leadership in the United States Senate have this kind of like language, this kind of rhetoric in regard to the passage of legislation. And this is legislation that just sends military aid to other countries.
0: Yeah, (laughs) it sends it to the Americans that they most cherish most defense contractors. So they're like, this is a historic day when given an opportunity to send about another 100 billion dollars to defense contractors like we do every 6 months we did not blink and we sent it to them again oh your kids no we got nothing for you guys we just ran out of money we spent the last 95 billion dollars on defense contractors
2: one guy did blink though and that guy was Senator Bernie Sanders, who said, "I will be damned if I'm going to give another nickel to Net, the Netanyahu government in order to continue this war against the Palestinian people."
0: Nah, come on, there you go, Bernie. Who doesn't love Bernie Sanders? More of all- that. More yes, of that. for all of his issues with strategy and trusting Biden too much, cetera, His heart's in the right place. It is. And yep. it's wonderful to have him in the Senate. Okay, now look, let me break it down as quickly as I can. First, Schumer says it's historic. What part of this is historic? All you guys, like literally in the last two years of Biden, since the Republicans took the House, the only thing they've passed is defense money. Mm-hmm. It's the least historic thing you can do. You never ever pass anything that helps the average American. But defense, you've passed that a million times. It's the least historic thing there is. Number two, this affects our national security more than any, really? How, what is Russia going to invade us? No, look, you could say, hey, we're gonna stick up for our allies. No problem, I get it. But don't pretend that somehow this is about, like especially on Israel protecting Western democracy and so what do you guys saying this is, you they imprison five million people in an open-air prison and then call it a democracy then they bomb the living crap out of them when we send them more money to do it what part of that is a democracy and how does that have anything to do with us so you got to take money out of our t- taxes to send to them to kill more Palestinians when they've already killed 25 times more than Hamas has so what are we doing what are we doing how does this affect us? By the way, you don't have universal health care. You don't have paid family leave. Good news, Israel does. But we're gonna take money out of your taxes, not to give you paid family leave, not to give you universal health care, but to give it to Israelis. And then when Republicans get mad about not about Israel, because Israel's sacrosanct, no one can ever get mad about them. But they'll pick other countries and they'll say, Oh, you're sending money to them. Everybody goes, Oh, you can't get mad at that. That's outrageous. You know, we have to help other people. But are we helping them? All this this is is money for more war, mm-hmm. we never help anyone, we help people kill kill people. We, we love helping you if you wanna kill someone, America's gonna step up and pay for it, okay, death incorporated over here. Now when it comes to Ukraine money, I don't mind sending money to Ukraine. I get it, they were invaded, mm-hmm. they are smaller than Russia. Russia has a bigger army, these are relevant factors, okay. Having said that, do I trust that the Pentagon and the US government has figured out how to spend that 60 billion, right? No way, I I would be shocked if 80% of that wasn't corruption, okay? So no, the Pentagon never passes an audit, I'm not sending them more blank checks. Why don't you give our kids some health care or give uh, America's higher wages? Why don't you do something that helps Americans? No, give me another blank check. Did you notice that little box in the corner, 7.2 billion other? Other, what's other, 7 billion is a lot of other, what is other? But for the Pentagon, it doesn't matter, we don't have any money for you ever. The Pentagon says, hey, give me 7 billion in a slush fund. Oh Yeah, right away, right away, historic, we have done something amazing. Now you corrupt old kooks, you've done the same goddamn thing you always do, send our money to your donors.
2: Now, Bernie Sanders wasn't the only one who had problems with sending military aid to Israel. In fact, his fellow Vermonter also stepped in. Here is Senator Peter Welch making similar comments, which I think need to be heard.
4: Despite these provisions that I do support, I voted against the supplemental for one key reason. I cannot, in good conscience, support sending billions of additional taxpayer dollars, for Prime Minister Netanyahu's military campaign in Gaza. It's a campaign that has killed and wounded a shocking number of civilians. It's created a massive humanitarian crisis with no end in sight. And of course it has severely compromised any remaining hope, almost all remaining hope for the two state solution that we all know is ultimately essential for peace in the Middle East.
2: So, I just wanted to give him credit because it's very rare to come across United States politicians, whether it be in the House or the Senate, who's willing to speak out against what Israel is currently carrying out in the Gaza Strip. So, again, he deserves credit for that. Uh, so, go ahead, Jenk.
0: Yeah, I don't think, I think that's uh, the moral position to take. And I think people who vote to give more money for uh, war crimes, massacre, genocide, and ethnic cleansing are deeply immoral people. And I don't think that any of them are cute or cuddly and all the garbage ways that mainstream media describes them. Now you wanna know who's fair we are, how do you know? So Mike Johnson says, "Oh, I I won't pass it in the house because uh, it doesn't include border provisions. Brother, you just shot down the border provisions. So he's totally full of crap. But at the same time, I agree with him. I'm, I'm glad not about the border part. But I'm glad that he shot down this bill, whether he mended for the right reasons or the wrong reasons. Then people will say, well, which side are you on? Are you on the side of the Republicans, the Democrats? No, we're on the side of justice and things that are real news, honesty, etc. We don't just go, "Oh, Welch is a Democrat, we like him. Uh, But but Schumer's a Democrat, they're on opposite sides. I don't know, I go with Democratic leadership or I love Republicans. So Mike Johnson's right. No, you analyze the news and tell you what reality is. And reality is, this is a garbage bill. I'm thrilled that it it so far has died in the house. But you know the lobbyists, they're gonna win and they're gonna get this passed. Mike Johnson wants to send even more money to Israel. He says the Democrats aren't sending enough. He just doesn't want to send to Ukraine.
2: So look, this isn't going to pass in the House. And I think that this was a mistake for Senate Majority Leader Chuck. What are you doing, Chuck? What are you doing? I mean, if you want to brag about how you ushered the passage of a super popular bill that the American people desperately want. And then you're going to point to Republicans who destroy that bill in the House, have at it, that's a smart political tactic, nice maneuvering. Instead, he focuses on passing a foreign aid bill that is not popular with the American people who are furious right now over the abandonment that they've experienced by our United States Congress, even as there's a migrant crisis that now both parties acknowledge exists. So what what, what was this? Like he's so proud of himself What was this?
0: So guys, if you look at it from a point of voters and politics. That was my
2: mistake, you're right, I shouldn't have done that. I should have focused on the donor, he delivered for the donors. 100%. He could point to this and be like, listen donors, I did my part. It's just that the house destroyed it, so give me the money.
0: Yeah, that's exactly what's going to happen. So guys, this is the Rosetta Stone of politics, we've explained it to you and you can see for yourself going forward from here on out. And this is how you can judge whether a new show is being honest with you or not. What they say does it come true in in the real world? The rest of the media tells you all sorts of fairy tales that they think that you want to hear. None of it is that. Oh, tons of it turn out to not be true, right? So in this case, the voters would want something like paid family leave, right? That polls at eighty four percent. It helps moms and dads once they have a baby. Republicans love it. Democrats love it. We all love it. If Chuck Schumer proposed that, and said, "What are you going to do now, Republicans?" of your own voters want it, what are you going to do? He would put them in a super awkward spot and that would be terrific for Democrats and it would be really well played. That would be terrific politics if you're looking at it from the point of the view of the voters. But our Congress people have lost track of that completely. The only thing they care about, is the donors? So they're like APAC, Lockheed Martin, Raytheon. We just delivered for you. How did we do great? Well, that's a super unpopular bill that's going to get stuck around us like an albatross around our neck, and it's going to help the Republicans defeat us. But we're goddamn morons obsessed with the money. So have I pleased you enough, donors? Chuck Schumer, why don't you kick us on your way out too? Go, ha <laughs> Didn't get your paid family. Didn't even fight for it. Ha <laughs> ha! All I ever do is work for the donors, same for McConnell. All corrupt, unbearable people pretending to be our representatives. Go ahead, rest of the media, pretend they represent us.
2: The second hour will include several stories on Joe Biden, which we will provide commentary on, which will upset a portion of our audience. So buckle up, get ready, it's gonna be a spicy hour.